Hello, welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I'm going to be giving you personalized user research advice based on your questions or struggles. So let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello. Super happy to be back today with another question. I can't believe it's officially October. Spooky season, my favorite. I love Halloween. (laughs) Anyways, we had a wonderful question come in regarding how user researchers can better work with their engineering counterparts. I'm really excited about this question, so let's listen. Hi, Nikki. Thanks so much for this opportunity. Um, I'm really wondering how user researchers can upscale their relationship with engineer managers and developers within their team. This is something new for me, and I would really like to know how to leverage this relationship. Thank you. Okay. Awesome question. Very, very excited about this because I honestly don't think that we talk about our engineering counterparts, and that includes anywhere from developers to UX engineers, anybody who is working in that in that tech space of engineering and development. We don't talk about them enough. We don't talk about the relationships with this particular role because we're so focused oftentimes on the relationships with product managers or designers or even other cross-departmental functions like marketing or account management or customer support. And I think that when we when we think about the product development process, we oftentimes just leave out engineering and the actual development. It's like we say to the product manager, okay, what do you want done? You know, they come, they come to us with a research request and we say, okay, yay or nay, uh, or how does this make sense? Or this doesn't make sense, or let's try this instead. And then we work with them to define the goals, recruitment. We then pick the methodology, go and talk to the people that we need to talk to. And then we work with the designer to help them make better decisions with what the experience should look like, feel like, act like. And then it's kind of done a lot of times. You know, we say, okay, that looks good. That makes sense. That design makes sense. Bye. Let's let's develop it. And we can leave behind our developers and engineers. And I think that one of the reasons that we do this. So one of the reasons, so you know what? I'm not going to assume. One of the reasons that I did this, there, there were two reasons. First off, it felt a level removed from me, the development process, the actual coding, the actual creation of whatever feature product service it was, felt a level removed, right? So I had spoken with a product manager about the actual project, defined it, created it in a way that made sense, worked with a designer to try and create an experience or facilitate an experience that made sense with our users' needs, goals, pain points, mental models, all of those things. And for me, I was I was kind of thinking, you know, okay, now it's going to go to development and now it's going to get created. And I I felt removed from the actual engineering teams oftentimes 
Not only that though, the second reason was I found developers and engineers very hard to crack open. <laughs> and I must admit, I was a little bit scared and intimidated by them because I didn't really know. I, I didn't understand what they were doing. I got, I got like, they code, <laughs> they make things real, you know? that that kind of fantastical almost like movie setting approach to what development is i'm like they have these long screens there are these this black background with this green code and typeface on it that looks scary and overwhelming and those were my engineers and i was like okay well i have i have created these artifacts and helped the designer defining what this experience looks and feels like and now we can code it. And by we, I mean everybody else. <laughs> but what happened is I started working more closely with product manager and engineering manager counterparts. And I started working more closely with developers who were curious about why we were building certain things. So for instance, if I went through an entire research project and created an experience or helped to create an experience with the designer that included a lot of difficult technical components or simply wasn't hugely feasible the way that we imagined it to be, then it gets to the developers and they were kind of like, why, why does it have to be like this? Why are we doing this? I don't understand why this is the way that it is. And for, for me, to be completely honest, I had a hard time answering that question because I did not understand what their goal, goals were, were. I did not understand what work that they were doing, how they were doing it. And so one of the things that I decided to do and, and what I would recommend as, as a first step is leaning in and asking them as many questions as possible. So what does that look like? What are they trying to do? How do they do what they do? Get more involved. If, if, you, want, if you want somebody to be involved in your work, if you want somebody to care about your work, it's reciprocal. You also have to care about theirs. You have to understand theirs. We can't just ask people to care about respect and understand user research without understanding, caring about and respecting what they do and how the two intersect. So my first piece of advice and the first step that I took when I started getting more involved with development teams and actual engineers and including them in research and talking to them more was first to understand what are the goals that they have? What are they trying to accomplish? How does their, how do they go through their day to day? What does their work look like? What questions do they have? What concerns do they have? What is a project that landed on their desk where they were like, why are we doing this? You know, what headaches? do they have, especially when they get things, let's say, that have been involved in user research. So asking them, hey, let's talk about a project where I had done research on it, the designer and product manager delivered something to you and you were just sitting there like, why are we doing this? Or this is impossible, or why didn't you consult me? And 
asking those types of questions and trying to understand the developer's work and how they work, what their goals are, what, what problems they're having are all really great things to get started. Because without that basic foundation, how are you going to talk to them in a way that makes sense? Because if you don't understand the intersection between engineers and user research, so any engineering work and user research work, how are you going to help them? How are you going to work with them? So first step, really understanding their work and then moving on to that intersection. So asking those questions about previous projects or headaches that they've had, or, you know, have they ever been involved in user research? How has it worked? How has it not worked? And then that kind of gets into the next step of how can user research actually help developers and how do we work and collaborate better together? So whenever I have, I, so I've worked with a range of developers and there, there will always be a spectrum. Some of them are super, super curious, want to be involved in user research, want to come to the sessions, want to read everything, want to be a part of it, and others don't. And that is fine. So first off, we have to understand that that spectrum is fine. However, what user research can do is it can give developers context. So if we need to change something, if we need to update a feature, if we need to create a new feature, if we need to create a new product line, if we have to create a new service, the why behind that and the how, so technically the how is their job to understand and also ours as user researchers, it is very interesting to technically understand how they're going to put something that came out of your research into real life, into a product. But we can help them understand why something is or needs to be the way that it does, why a certain experience needs certain features, why it needs certain workflows, why it needs certain buttons or whatever it might be, we can provide them with context. So if they have the full context of the problem that they are trying to solve, the developers can work faster, both individually and together. I would also say that regardless of where someone falls on that spectrum of being super duper curious about user research and kind of just wanting high level information, it is motivating to understand why we're building things in certain ways, right? So we're not just blindly, hopefully, blindly going about and creating features or products. We're trying to build these things based off research and based off people's actual needs and problems. So it is quite motivating to be able to share with the people who are actually building this stuff, why, why is it this way, right? So giving them the context, helping to motivate them or helping them understand why something is happening in a certain way, there are a variety of ways to then go about doing that. So this is where we're gonna get a little bit more tangible and actionable. So learning styles. 
this is the first first thing that will lead into the different ideas that I have used and the different tactics that I have used in the past. But one thing that I did incorrectly is say, here is the one way we are going to share to everyone, right? I said, here is a report with audio clips and video clips so you can see what happened and see the struggles. And uh, if you wanna see more, here's a link to the 90 minute interview. Listen to it on double speed, <laughs> right? So that was my one way, one way of sharing everything. And you know what? Back then, it totally made sense. That was the way to go. That was the way that everybody did everything. We, did, we didn't have gifts back then. We didn't, we didn't have a Canva. Ooh, we didn't have, we, I don't even know what we, what we had back then to work with. We didn't have, uh, we, actually, we just had started with Mural at one point. We didn't have that before. Mural was in beta when I started using the kind of remote whiteboard kind of platforms that are out there. I don't even know if Miro existed. So we had very little to work with. So that's why I shared that report with the video clips made on QuickTime and stored in a Google Drive. However, learning styles vary. The way that people ingest and absorb information vary based on how they think and how they learn. And that is something that I had to come to terms with because there is no one way to share to everybody. The best thing that you can do is vary your sharing methods so that you are helping the majority of people understand, learn, get context, all the things that we want to to kind of collaborate with, uh, collaborate with developers on. So we want them to ingest the research. We can't just share it one way. We have to vary our learning styles. And so there are, there's one, one way, one of the best ways to do this, ask people, ask them. And, and I would say ask with boundaries, right? So instead of saying, how would you like to ingest this research, which is what I did um, and why I am saying go one step further is because people weren't sure actually how to answer that question. So I started sending multiple choice surveys out to my developers. How do you learn best? How would you like to ingest research information? And I would have things like research summaries with an example executive notes with an example, uh, updates during team meetings with, with an explanation of what that would mean, open door policy to interviews, research repositories, monthly newsletters. I had all of these as, as ways that they could ingest the research. And so what happened is I started to understand that there were, there were almost three buckets and three ways that I could get people, get developers to ingest information that helped the majority of people. So those looked like those three buckets were essentially the high levelers, I will say. And with the high levelers, I set up a Slack channel and I said, hey, we just had a research interview, it's kind of like an executive summary. Here are the top three things that came out of it. If you want to see more, go here. 
And it was the top three things, not that an executive might want to know. So anybody on your C-suite or head of product, which is more like the product-based executive summary, it was it was more like dev-based executive summary. And that looks at like usability issues, some needs, some problems, some pain points. Those are the things that I sent to those high levelers. And now we have the kind of self-service looking into things on their own. I don't, I, I didn't have a particular name for those, that, that bucket, but that looked like things like research summaries. So creating a summary of the research session that goes more in depth than the high level. So something like that. Then we also had an open door policy where devs could come and listen in to the actual interviews and see with their own eyes what was happening. Right? Another, uh, another great way to help with these self-service is research repositories. So setting up a research repository that they can go through. That was something that was really helpful for them. And then we also had the get into the depth, get into the details, those super duper curious people, right? And what that then led to was things like reports. So research reports that are in depth, they wanted those, those details. They wanted uh, updates and team meetings. They wanted potential check-ins or weekly check-ins or bi-weekly check-ins, whatever that looked like, because they wanted to know what was going on. They wanted a, a pulse on what was actually happening day to day or week to week. Uh, monthly, the monthly newsletters actually were helpful for across the board because that gave everybody a really great understanding and overview of what was happening. So that's a, that's a definitely another one that you can use. But again, for those more getting into the details, it, it was looking at like those reports linked out to like the full the full interviews or other context, other raw data the team meetings or bi-weekly meetings where you would update them and giving just the open door policy also helps with them uh, and and those those kinds of monthly newsletters so within those three buckets just to just to recap really quickly we have high levelers who are looking for like high level information and want the bullet points then we have people who are in the middle of the spectrum who want to self-serve when they want to. So those those for those people, really great research summaries are really helpful. Research repositories are really helpful. Doing a little bit of the open door policy so that they can come in when they want to and maybe not. Team meetings, they're a little bit more helpful, but that then starts going to the more interested and involved developers who want constant updates. So those team meetings, those check-ins, whether they're weekly, bi-weekly, the monthly newsletters, again, the open door policy for them, and those, those long form reports are really, really helpful for them. So when it comes down to actually working with the engineers, understanding their learning styles and understanding how they want to ingest the information in the best way possible for them is crucial. So I used to try and force it, right? So I used to try and say, everybody needs to read this report. Everybody needs to listen to these sessions. Everybody needs to do this, that, or the other thing. Everybody needs to come to these sessions. That was not entirely helpful because people are going to best 
best absorb the information in the way that it is that is better for them. So by giving them the choice, you're giving them the agency and the autonomy to actually care about research, right? By understanding them, you're helping them, you're facilitating them understanding and caring about user research. So really big part of it is to understand first your devs and how they work so that phase one is understanding them, their work, recent projects, how they've interacted with user research in the past, how it's been a headache for them. And then two, understanding their learning style so that then you can give them that context. You can give them that why in a way that resonates with them. So that is the two-step approach that I have taken with engineers. Not everybody will, will love user research. We need to let that go. You know, not everybody is so super duper excited about user research like we are, and that is okay. By giving them the choice to, to look at and digest information in a way that's best for them, you are really opening the door for them to be able to interact with you, to understand research better, to care about research, because we want to take the path of least resistance and you're giving them those pathways by giving them the choice in how they want to understand the research and finally what i would say just as a last point check in ask them how it's going hey how are my executive summaries how are these bullet points for you how can i improve them right so actually care about how they are ingesting it care about their experience care about the user experience of them understanding user research <laughs> and retrospectively look into what's working, what needs to be improved. So by going that extra step afterwards, you are proving to them that you care. Hey, I care about how you how this experience is for you. I care about the way that you think about and want to understand user research. How is it going? How can I improve? Right. So those two main steps of understanding their work and how they work and the interaction between devs and user research, and then really looking into the learning styles and sharing in the best way possible, and then following up and iterating on that. It's There is not one answer. There's not one way to share. There's not one way to work with devs. There will always be a spectrum. And you know what? makes it interesting. It makes it a really great learning experience actually to get to know your devs better and try different methods of sharing, try different interesting ways of sharing insights. So one, for example, one way that I have shared in the past is usability bingo. You know, that is a great fun way to share information and usability issues with your devs. Another thing that I did that was very popular is holding internal hackathons. And the, the, the teams got to choose the problems that they wanted to work on, right? So the devs were a part of that process. And so including them, having that open door policy is very important, right? But don't just open the door and expect them to come. You need to, again, understand their work and understand the intersection between development and or engineering and user research. So I hope that that was helpful. Um, I will link to some of the resources that I mentioned in the show notes, things like research summaries 
and check-ins. And yeah, I, I would say put your researcher hat on, be curious, and be ready to experiment and try different methodologies of sharing to see what works best with the different developers and engineers on your team and be willing to get feedback and iterate on those. It's all part, it's like a mini product development process within the user research framework. So really hope that that was helpful. Thank you so much. Don't forget to submit more questions. I love answering them and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye.